This week on the Bamfcast, the man in bronze goes for the gold. Vigo Mortensen is nowhere to be found. One star, we're in. All right, welcome hey. to the Bamcast. Hey, Bamcast. Hey, Bamcast. Hey. Episode one seventeen. Wow, Superstation one seventeen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nintendo. Brought to you by the Turner Broadcasting. Yep. So I'm Harlow. I'm Aggie. I'm the Beach. I'm Chuck. And what we do each and every episode of the Bamcast is we savage our senses as we go back into the past of bad movies, and then we uh, we come in here and we talk about it, and then we point our gold fingers in their general direction. And uh, it gets a rating. And uh, that rating is one five jocks if it's a good bad movie, an enjoyable bad movie after Robot Jocks. Yay! Mm-hmm. Or if it's a uh, you know, bad bad movie, it gets one to five bags in a negative sliding scale as in douchebags after Twilight. That is if we really, 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 really like it. Yeah. <laughs> what? No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, what? So, what we decided to watch for this episode is uh, going back. If you if you remember, we watched uh, Buckaroo Banzai way back. Yay! Uh, Shut up, Chuck. Four? I think it was eighty-four. Yeah. Yes, four. in 1984. The year we it was released. Episode eighty-four. <laughs> the and, year um, of our Lord. <laughs> Anno Domini. <laughs> and we were schooled by uh, Green Cap Drink that uh, this was actually an homage to uh, basically primarily the Doc Savage uh, pulp novels. And so he informed us that there was a 1975 uh, fairly big budget uh, flop uh, adaptation of that, of Doc Savage, Which I the almost man, bought man at, of bronze. I almost bought at Spooky, yeah, Empire, whatever it's called. Empires. Spooky Empire, uh-huh. yep. way back when. I saw it, I had it in my hand, and then decided not to because it was a burned copy. Right, exactly. Don't Which, support piracy. Which are all copies, actually. Yeah, pretty much because it's yeah, my it's, it's, well, it, it's the sure Warner it Archive series where yeah. they actually you order the disc and they burn a disc for you, which kind of is lame. Yes, it is. But, but I, I mean, I'm sure there's VHS copies around because that was obviously what we watched. Yes. So, um, but yeah. So now let's uh, let's turn this uh, over to uh, for a plot summary because like that's how we usually start uh, over to our man in the field, uh, Jimmy Souza. In the fabulous 30s, Doc Savage and his five amazing adventurers are sucked into the mystery of Doc's father disappearing in the wilds of South America. The maniacal Captain Seas tries to thwart them at every turn as they travel to the country of Hidalgo to investigate Doc's father's death and uncover a vast hoard of ink and gold. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. That is what happens in this this picture show. Yeah, in this talkie. (laughs) It is a talkie. It is a talkie. Yeah, so for once in a, a couple episodes now, we can recount a plot, because there, yeah, 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 yeah. there, yeah. there was a cohesive plot. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a plot. It was, there, a, it was a cohesive compared plot. Compared to some of the shit we've watched, okay. there was a cohesive plot. That's this true. was most definitely a cohesive plot. Mm-hmm. Character, uh, likability, and, and whatever aside, there was definitely a plot. Okay, fair enough. This definitely has a plot. It's, yeah. it's weird and it's wacky and zany, but it's definitely a plot. Well, yeah, Doc Savage and his five amazing adventurers are sucked into... Oh, wait, no. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, I mean, it yeah, starts off yeah. It's it, it, uh, starts off in New York City, basically. I think there's an intro sequence before that. No, it starts he off goes in to the, the Arctic Fortress Circle. Of yeah, that's asshole. right. That's yeah. right. He has to go to the Arctic Circle. Just it's 1936, awesome and to set up how awesome Doc Savage is, he mm-hmm. has... A bitchin' snowmobile in 1936. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Basically, he has 70s, slightly futuristic technology. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. That's Doc Savage's He's going to slowly hand it down to other people over the right. years, but first he has to be the badass who has it all. Right. 
big bronze snowmobile with his logo on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he goes to a Conceited giant brick. igloo thing that literally says Fortress of Solitude right on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, where like a home sweet home sign would be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think now. Uh, if this would have been before or after Superman, I don't know who laid no, claim to this. Yeah, yeah, it's before because yeah. Well, th- th- I don't know how it shows. Where, up yeah, where exactly? Yeah. Exactly. Who knows? Movie wise. Movie wise. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying. Well, yeah, Superman's yeah. Fortress Solitude long sure. before. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but that's where he hangs out, and it's this bitchin' uh, giant igloo, and he's got Big tech in it, swinging bachelor pad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He circle. walks in, lights come on, the fireplace goes up. That's where they. T- this is a narrator the whole time yeah. telling us that he studies stars and planets and, and astronomy, astronomy and, the, and universe. the universe. Yeah, and it's then, the Justice League narrator guy. It's the meanwhile at the Fortress of Solitude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, when he rolls up in his bronze snowmobile with his logo on the front of it and a big American flag on it, yeah, mm-hmm. that's when his song kicks in, which <laughs> which is not da, his song. Da, 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 <laughs> yeah, yes. a little behind the scenes stuff here. Apparently, in making the movie, they ran out of money, mm-hmm. and so they took <laughs> How did they, run out of money? they took money from they took a song from the public domain, which is basically, you know, an American marching standard, sure, and then gave it Doc Savage lyrics on top of it. They rearranged yeah. it a little, but bit. slightly. They blare this like he stops. They flash the Doc Savage logo on the screen, and then it's darn, 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 darn. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's all John Philip D'Souza and marching band glory craziness throughout the whole movie. Ugh. It's fucking it's, obnoxious. It's what it is. It was awesome for the first ten minutes, yeah. and then it's a bit yeah. much. It's yeah. it's kind of like going to an hour and a half long parade <laughs> with yeah. nothing but marching bands. Pretty right. much, yeah. Well, even marching bands nowadays actually, you know, okay, have arranged yeah, modern songs. Modern like, yes, okay, yeah. classic marching bands. It's like a marching band. It, it it's like watching. The entire John Philip Sousa catalog mm-hmm. for an hour. Yeah. Yes. It's just yeah. big brass and dumb and timpanies. <laughs> but th- this starts the trend throughout the movie of Doc Savage, who's played by Ron Ely, who mm-hmm. was like Tarzan in the 1960s TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Posing. Uh-huh. Heroically. Heroically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they, they put the glint in his eye. They animate a little glint in. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say that's what, he, animated, does, like, but that's what he does the whole movie is yeah, he's yeah. always posing. Well, I was going to go back to like Fortress of Solitude. He's he reads, he, you know, he bones up on his literature and whatnots, mm-hmm. does the astronomy, but then he invents like basically an, a little tiny SD's model rocket thing that fishes for him. <laughs> right. Like it, it shoots <laughs> up off the top of the that. igloo, yeah. and, but it, it yanks a fish out of the ice. Yeah. The yeah. rocket. The ro- rocket fish. In, in the meantime, they say. Uh, and also invents things get, that could help further humanity. Right. And blah 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 blah. Uh, wasn't wait? Wasn't Rocketfish like a website or something? It's a photography thing. Yeah, that's kind. right. Yeah, yeah. You gotta wonder. Maybe <laughs> uh, someone saw Doc Savage. Was I'm be. Doc Savage. <laughs> <laughs> I invented uh, Rocketfish. I'm Doc Savage. I invented the Rocketfish. Yeah, I was gonna say. I thought I heard about that. But anyway, yeah. yeah. No, the narrator we... goes away after mm-hmm. about. Well, Ten minutes. the narrator talks about that, and then they have to introduce us to Doc Savage's crew of fabulous the, five, the fabulous, fabulous five, who of my, Johnny and Fat Boy and the God. guy from the Breakfast Club. <laughs> oh, yep. Somehow the principal Paul, from the Paul Breakfast Gleason. Club yeah. is—he's one of the crew. I don't know what his forte is, but he, he was wears supposed a to scarf. be like the electronics guy. Oh yeah, because yeah. they sh- in his clip he blows shit up. 
Major the, Thomas I, J. Long Tom Roberts. Long By the way, Tom. you're thinking of Snapfish, I think. Rocketfish is the Best Buy branded electronics crap. Oh, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, like surge protectors and bullshit. Like sure. That. Yeah. Doc Savage. That makes even inventing, no more sense. Inventing cables. <laughs> yes. And overpriced goods. And planets. <laughs> no, he, he invented the cheap crap. He's yeah, not, uh, he's not uh, the monster. That's right. the bad guy in the movie. Right. Yes. But... <laughs> so they, they introduce this crew who one of them's a, one of them is his superpower is he's a lawyer yep okay he's the, lawyer. he's the greatest lawyer in the world yes. you can tell by his monocle right mm-hmm. that okay one's a one's a chemist? scientist slash brute a chemist he's, he's the chemist <laughs> yeah. chemist uh, uh paul gleason's character is the electronics wizard who yeah. the first time yeah. you see him is him blowing the fuck out of this extremely complex of, of, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know circuitry set yeah one guy is a construction foreman yeah he's, he's an, an engineer, engineer. Yeah. yeah but he builds shit yes basically mm-hmm. he's a construction foreman right and then there's well, the no, all around engineer design shit sure. he's, yeah, you know whatever. there's a difference and then we there's didn't the see nerdy him engineering anything. no yeah. he kind of mumbled his way yeah what the did the nerdy movie. what did he just have the world's largest vocabulary was that his, his superpower? brain is super brain or uh, he, he was an archaeologist that's how the oh that's right yeah because he's dusting he, off yeah. a skull oh that's right he invented or he yeah, found he, the hieroglyphics and translated yes. them or something yeah. okay he's, he's very smart mm-hmm. translator of many hieroglyphics and then and proceeds to he speak can read. in uh you know archaic uh yeah. vocabulary yeah with all that said this all means nothing basically no. whatsoever no, well because they introduce this and then five minutes later they all forget their skills and just become bumbling uh sidekicks yeah yeah They're terrible they They're don't the actually worst. they don't actually use any of their super skills except for no. the one big guy uses his skill at <laughs> his being big brawling yeah. skills yeah i mean if this was a movie today they would all just be bullet fodder yeah. It would just be like, here oh, are yeah. five dudes to die before we kill Doc Savage. I think, I think other than the completely worthless, I'm going to appeal, this is jumping ahead, but appeal to the bad guy through law, yeah. nobody used their skill except for Paul Gleason fixing the elevator. No, Paul Gleason did electrocute those dudes. Remember, he took the lamp. Oh, apart. yes, he okay. pulled the wires out of murdering that's, people That's not really difficult. Ben Stiller did that in There's Something About Mary. <laughs> that's true. And he's Revive a monkey. A dog. <laughs> exactly. He's a goddamn idiot. He's Mr. Peepers. Yeah, but so they all they all meet up. At, well, Doc has a he's sitting out meditating on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then his, he senses their his waves. Savage senses go off, and yeah, which is like little chimes or something. Yeah, and mm-hmm. apparently that's part of the comics in that he kind of has some kind of like trilling thing he does, mm-hmm. and that's how he detects danger things going on so it's kind of like a spider sense but mm, super okay. long range it's like aquaman's ability but above ground He's yeah kind of, <laughs> like yep. sends it out and it's weird that pretty the much danger One he senses <laughs> isn't actually danger until he gets there because the danger involves him if he had just stayed where he was no one would have In tried to assassinate him but well no his father died mm-hmm. but I mean, he didn't sense that yeah he didn't sense well that he at sensed all. all the five of them worrying because his father had died. Right, yeah. I know. So he comes back for that. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, check out the papers that your father left you in your safe. And that's when the Indian who has climbed up the Empire State Building with a sniper rifle, or an elephant yeah. gun is what they call it. Yeah. But well, it's, well, t- Technically, it's, he's supposed to be like an Incan because he's supposed to be from the tribe of Hidalgo. Sure, but at the time, he was just mind. an Indian. Yes. They're in New York City. Yes. And and it's the stage is set that it's 1936 also. Sure. Mm-hmm. But Doc has his... He he's is he in the Empire State Building or is the other one the Empire State? I think building? he was supposed to be in the Chrysler Building. Yeah, because okay. yeah, because yeah. the, the Incan dude call, okay. crawled. Or but the Incan dude up. is running around New York City in a loincloth, totally normal yep. in the thirties, with a big snake tattooed on his chest and carrying a bolt and action carrying rifle, a giant rifle. Bolt Happened all the time rifle. and climbs 
to the top of the Empire State Building to shoot him. No, it was a whatever building across the street. I mean, it was something up high, but I mean, it, whatever just, it was. Yeah, it was just he a climbs building. a skyscraper. Yeah, he, does, he does with his yes. hands. That yes. is the point, really. Right. Well, I mean, that's so he can shoot at Doc Savage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just use a helicopter? We, we are truly introduced to the <laughs> the true Doc gold. Savage when he gets there. Yeah, because they're all hanging out in his apartment. And then, right. <laughs> what the fuck are you guys and doing? Then he walks here? in, but he's like, "I'm Doc Savage." <laughs> he has a moment like where the music hits, and he walks into the room like da da da. He poses. Doc Savage, arms akimbo. Yeah. Which, uh, he's yeah. Doc Savage is a prick. So I'm, I'm just gonna say it. The well, dude is well. He doesn't terrible. really actively do anything to make himself a he's prick. Just a it, condescending shit. Well, it's it's because he's apparently he's indestructible and has everything in the world and has people doing his bidding. So he doesn't really have to do anything. He's inventing science. He's mm-hmm. inventing planets and astronomy and, <laughs> and rocket fish. I mean, uh, he, I'm he, Doug Savage, inventor of so planets. He's, <laughs> he's pretty much Superman. If Superman was a scientist and an if, asshole, yeah, if Superman, <laughs> and, and if Superman is an asshole. asshole. No, he's not to this extent. Superman's an asshole. Superman's not putting his fucking but logo on everything. If, that's true. <laughs> uh, Superman doesn't have any fucking ambitions. Yeah. So. He also doesn't need any accoutrement. He's just Superman. Yeah, I he know. Doesn't, he doesn't need five buddies to pal around with because yeah. they were in the war together. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's got a terrible Superman outfit, That's and he's got his logo on it. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's his family outfit. Yeah, yeah see, Superman yeah, puts yeah, his yeah, fucking family logo all over his shirt. Whatever. family did that. It's a family crest thing. Oh, Ted Superman. Oh, you always blame the parents. I see how it goes. Hey, look, Brando was crafty. Uh-huh. So, okay, so the Indian... Is across the what? Nothing. Go ahead. Whatever. The native Native, Incan. The (laughs) Incan. The man with the gun is outside, and he he keeps aiming at Doc Savage's head, and then one of the other idiots will walk in front of it. And then finally he gets a clear shot, and of course he misses and takes like six more shots. And the- he misses because Doc has ref- uh, refractive glass on his apartment building, which you know skews everybody's vision inside the window right. by five inches. Yeah, they explained it. Okay, they well, yeah, they tried. They did. So there's lots of shooting and artifacts being blown up, and mm-hmm. his crew acting like morons, and Doc sort of like triumphantly leaping from cover to cover, looking like an idiot, just like what's going on over here, and then shot warring out. And then I guess he chases him. Yeah, they see him. They see something across the street. I think. Yeah. Or no, they yeah, go. The he, guy no, has he goes, the binoculars. He, he, he goes up to the roof, and um, he has helicopter. some sort of like heat vision thing because he says, "I see a heat trail from a rifle over on that building." <laughs> right. So like they disperse, and four of them go down to the Doc Savage Mobile, which is all bronze. With has his, his logo with on his it. Goddamn logo on it. And then uh, he and the other dude go up to the uh, roof and uh, get in the docker copter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fly out of the the, the fly giant out of the eagle, giant eagle head <laughs> hanging off the building. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. conspicuous at all. No, I, I, he probably had a permit. It's probably okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got the okay from the building yeah. commission. And at this point, that he proceeds to chase the Incan through this. Building it, it goes for a while. While all the dumbasses run around in the bottom of the building, and they run around the outside of the top of the building like three or four times. Well, and, and they go up, and, and then they come down, down and, and then it's like I got the elevator working, and then they go back down to get in the elevator, and then they and meanwhile and Doc, then through the through through the uh, building they hear him throw or the Indian falls off the side of the building somehow. He's sort of scared. Doc Savage sort of murders him, but <laughs> well, he kind of scares him because he, like, he's sort of like well, Doc, Doc Savage him dodges to death. a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Dodges a bullet just by sidestepping right. it when well, the guy sure. shoots at him. Serpentine like, motion. Oh. Yeah. 
and Indian Falls. And but yeah, but it, I mean, it's one of those things where it's clear they only had like two or three sets to work with, yeah. so they just kept running by those same areas. Right. But so, yeah, then Ken falls to the ground and gets a bloody mouth. Right. And falls is dead. 40 stories and is dead. Yeah. And so then they all go back to Doc's apartment, and Doc, like, magnetically rips a bullet out of the wall, meanwhile, Bob busting strength. out of his shirt. Super strength. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't you, if you had all the fucking money in the world? like Doc Savage does, wouldn't you tell your tailor, listen, every once in a while, <laughs> when I try to rip things out of the wall, yeah. my he, arms just kind of get really fucking huge. So he, could you leave me a skosh extra room in the needs, sleeves? Oh, that Doc Savage, a he's stitch. a good guy. I'm going to give him a double stitch. <laughs> he needs a double yeah. stitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we're actually on the same page here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we went there. Yeah, uh, But he, he ripped the bullet out before he ran out after him. When they get back is when his apartment is on fire. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because they throw <laughs> extinguisher snowballs at the well, fire. That, those <laughs> things were real. Those, <laughs> According to the trivia of this movie, yeah. yes. Apparently, that technology existed at one point where they fucking threw snowballs of chemicals All at I know fires. is those sounded awesome. <laughs> they did. They made yes. nifty splat noises. It sounded like someone throwing jello shots at a fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounded like yeah. a Nickelodeon sound effect. Yeah. Cool. yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. But the whole point was is that he was going to his safe. Right. Uh, that had the documents. documents from his last, basically his last will and testament from his father. Or yeah. Somehow well, it was whatever the documents are that they then are hunting for the rest yes. of the goddamn movie, which is the rights to Deed. the land of yes. the thing. The yes, because plot somewhere in the, the jungle they yeah, right. figure. Well, they're out also that, trying to figure out how he how his father died. Sure. Yeah. Well, he knows that he died in the Republic of Hidalgo. Right. And so they go there, Hidalgo, yes. which yeah. is in South America, apparently. Right. Sure. And so that's the whole rest of the movie is like them in the jungle, basically. They're, mm-hmm. um, so it's a it's the a documents are all burned up and yeah, the, the, his copy know, of the documents his copy. That they his sent copy. to him were burned up. So, so he they, goes to the place where they were filed, or he thinks they were filed. Asks some questions, and they're like, "Well, actually, he goes to where his father's body was taken after he was found murdered." Well, we didn't killed. talk about the dock plane. The dock plane. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he has a gold plane. Savage plane. Bronze bronze plane. Sorry, bronze bronze. plane. (laughs) But that's not all. He has a decoy bronze plane. Right. That's what I wanted you to get to. Yeah. (laughs) So the Red Baron shows up. He's just hanging out. He's hanging out, flying around Doc Savage's airport. Sees the bronze planes like oh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And gets in his fuck fucker fuck wolf fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And and flies after it and shoots it out of the sky miraculously. Explodes in a cheesy special effect. And he's like, ha-ha, and flies away. And then, <laughs> and then they all step out of the hangar like, it, it worked. It. I can't believe it. Let's get in the real plane. <laughs> Let's really go there now. So they do. Yep. Yeah. So they, but they get, <laughs> yeah, they get to the yeah, town. Yeah, they're like, that'll get them off our tail. Yeah. Right. Well, and then they, they it, walk it, into town and like, hey, I'm Doc Savage <laughs> and my buddies. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Lead us to the gold. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, there's like Time to three, win. four, five people working for the bad guy in this town, so they're immediately tipped off right. that he's still alive. But so they go to they go to meet the the president of this republic, El sure. and question him. Basically, find out something about him being gifted some land from a native tribe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's like, "Well, do you have the documents? Yeah, sure. We'll go get the documents. <gasps> the documents aren't there. They're it's missing. Dun, dun, dun. Mystery as usual." Somewhere along the way here, we are finally introduced to the actual bad guy of the movie, though, because we go to a scene on his boat. On his yachet. Yeah. (laughs) Where you've got, uh, I think he meets the Red Baron pilot guy. He meets... He's having a party. He's got the chief of the tribe there. Yep. He's got... Well, uh, well, he's not the chief. He's like the... 
No, they had. Didn't they have the chief and the chief and his lackey were there? Yeah, and his son, puppet, whatever. Soon to ascend to the throne. No, the chief wasn't there. He was wearing the chief's thing, but it was the dude with the snake. No, he still had the little little hat on, and the chief had the big headdress thing. I think. Yeah, the chief was there. He was in the big boxy suit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he was pretty much always wearing you know thirties right. garb. Anyway, there's a couple of broads there. Yeah. 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 First, broad. first ladies <laughs> of the entire yeah. fucking movie. Yeah. Pretty like much thirty minutes in. Only. Really, the only ladies of the entire movie. Well, there's yeah. Mona. Mm-hmm. Mona. 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 Samantha. Mona's dumb. Yeah, we will get to Mona. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Captain C's. Captain, Captain C's. Who you know he's working the party, and then he he talks to the pilot, and the pilot's like, I sent them to the. They're going to send them to hell. They're resting in pieces. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, and, and then he starts in, the evil laugh. They get then... into the laughing thing where he just goes full out well, evil laugh. He doesn't even say anything funny. No, he just starts he's laughing. He's just like, yes, this is my boat. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then turns around to the entire crowd laughing. And the crowd's and, like, all right, well, we he will laugh him, with like, you. The, the menacing, like, I'm laughing. You, you... all had better start laughing <laughs> right. right now. Look. Right. <laughs> ha, 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 <Yeah>. ha. <laughs> well, and the guy who plays him has like, the awesomest, deepest voice. Mm-hmm. He does. Like, that is the coolest thing about him, because he looks kind of dorky otherwise. Yeah. He's a fairly he's big dude. He's, I mean, he's a yeah. big dude, but he just looks... He looks fairly He looks menacing. goofy. Yeah. Sure, but yeah. he's fine. He but looks yeah, menacing but his as voice a, yeah. is awesome. He looks menacing as a bad guy. Just don't, like, make him fight like they do later. Oh, though. God. <laughs> okay, so anyway, they, yeah. they find that the documents are gone, and then it's like, well, we need to go find the place, and the little short guy who sleeps in a cradle is... Oh, God. Oh. I don't even know how to address was, that. Like, he's what? just a la- he's he's the boss of he's Mona's boss. I guess he works in the records department yeah, or whatever. But he's also in with the bad guys, right? And so he's like, "Oh, we have to find you a guide, but it will take oh so many days." And Doc Savage is like, "We'll wait." <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Oh," and he was like, "Gulp." <laughs> I wasn't anticipating that response. Yeah. I hadn't anticipated anything that you might have said. Why would you want to stay in this this country where your American money can buy you lots of luxury? Oh, right. uh, geez. I don't know. You should probably go home. Yeah. But they stay, and then, I don't know. Right before they get ready happens. to leave, well, we have to talk about the ghost snakes. Yeah. There are a couple ghost uh, snakes. Ghost snakes. Well, first they, of course, the captain finds out. Captain C's finds out he's, he's alive. So he's, and he's like, that yeah. fucking pilot. Well, first, yeah, first he says six of the ghost snakes on the pilot, which. A long scene, too, of yeah. just murdering. Uh, a they were establishing the ghost snakes. At this point, they were just cartoon like, snakes. We figured out how to do this. <laughs> yeah, they. You know, you know that they they were like, this looks so awesome. Yeah, they had the like, oh, dragon. Sure just like going as long as you can. <laughs> sure, they even had the green like the the green the light. lighting yeah. in the room. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Yeah, good job, really good job. Pave I mean, the way for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Please, Chucky and Peach Dragon. I was about to say Peach Dragon. was a couple years later. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. So they murdered that guy. These crazy green like crudely animated snakes that mm-hmm. are that float like they, they, they just they, swim through the air swim yeah. through the air and, and they bite this guy over and over and every and time over. they bite it turns red and flashes right sort mm-hmm. of. yeah and, and there's he, a big slash but, but yeah, yeah, yeah chops them for a while made and, some pretty good like slashes appear kind of sort yeah. of out of nowhere yeah, it's yeah. all right it's well done yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not bad but yeah the snakes kill him for about 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the um the captain's bitches go to see Doc Savage. Right. Captain's bitches. Please come to the party on the boat. Yeah. And it's, a, it's after this. No. When does he... He sees the snakes before he goes to the party. 
Like yeah. Doc Savage gets attacked by the same green phantom snakes. Ghost. Yeah. And yeah, shoots him with a room. shotgun and then And they kind of burst into fireworks in midair. But they reform. Yeah. And, and then so like he he hits him with a chair and like knocks him out the window, but then they come back in and then finally he defeats them with a, a table fan. He blows yeah. him out the window with a fan. Right. Yeah. That's and then he shuts defeat. the blinds and that That's it. That's it. Shuts the problem and solved. And, and yeah. throughout that Meanwhile, whole thing of him fighting uh, cartoon snakes, his buddies are out in the hallway like, what's going on in there? Doc Savage let us in. We gotta come in. You know, let's go. Like the one thing he managed to say before everybody started freaking the fuck out to the point that he couldn't hear anything was like, I'm okay. Just stay out there. (laughs) And then they insist on continuing to beat on the door going, what's going on? They're like a bunch of fucking four year olds outside (laughs) that door. I was like, shut the shut up. Well, dumb bastards. They thought their meal ticket was in trouble. Yeah. (laughs) But so yeah. And what were they gonna do? He's Doc Savage. He's, they just want. What are you gonna do? You gonna walk know. in? Doc Savage gonna be like, I told you to stay outside. It's like people trying to help Superman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. What are, you Superman? are <laughs> you Superman? Are you Superman? Thanks, Jimmy Olsen. Well, yeah, I didn't think then, you were Superman. And then yeah. they all come in. They're like, What happened, Doc? What happened? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. For, For once, yeah. Doc Savage yeah, the is one not time a fucking he, know-it-all. He does not understand what the hell just happened. <laughs> I think they were... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Doc Savage doesn't <laughs> understand. <laughs> My penis didn't seem to fit inside him. <laughs> but then, like... I couldn't fuck those snakes to death. <laughs> There's something wrong. So, then basically they all get dressed up and go onto the boat, which mm-hmm. becomes the James Bond, like... James Wan puts Meet on a tux and meets the bad guy, and they they sort of hang out for half the movie, which is always odd. It's never made sense to me. It's like they both know the other person is there to basically mm-hmm. kill them, and they're just humoring they each other yeah. and playing cards or whatever. But well, then all asking for different uh, non-alcoholic drinks just to fuck with the waiter who's just getting increasingly oh, yeah. pissed off. He's like the waiter was a red baron, was it? I yes. thought he was dead at that point. No, he was dead. Oh the, no, the waiter was right. someone. Waiter different, was just but, a waiter. Yeah. But that he had get, the same fucking mustache I know, then. Yeah, I know. I know. But th- that mustache. did get our best laugh of the night. Mm-hmm. Well, our second best laugh of the night. Yeah. The, the first one for sure is because, okay, one of Doc's buddies, Monk, mm-hmm. who's the big dude, looks chemist. like looks right. like fat bastard. Yes. From, yeah. Like, like I would not be surprised if there was part of him in the inspiration for creating Fat Bastard White in the possibly. Austin Powers. Yeah, because there's some at stuff least in this the movie look. that was. Yeah. Carried on elsewhere. Yeah, because, I mean, he's got the thick, bushy, like, taped-on eyebrows yeah. and, and the red hair mutton and mutton chops. chops yeah. and, but, and he's just talking to C's. He's like, well, do they call you C's because you take other people's stuff? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Literally like yeah. that. We were like, holy shit. Yeah. That actually worked. The movie just sort of made its own joke <laughs> that any of us would have made. Yep. So that was a good self-aware moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then they... Do they even have a meal? They they, they all they, sit down. They to eat. Dinner. They yeah, eat. Because and then the like fat bastard has to loosen his belt, yeah. right? Yep. Okay. And discuss then, whether that's polite. And then he or asked not. the ladies to leave. And right. then uh, like a one waiter for every person in Doc's crew comes in and stands right, right behind him. And it's like, gee, yeah. I wonder if well, something's he's up like, here. I hope you enjoyed that meal. Yeah. <laughs> because it was your last. And also you with the cigarette. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed your cigarette. Because it's your last. Yeah. And we're all just looking and around shifty. Like, from uh, Breakfast Club's like, all right. all right. I hope you enjoyed loosening your belt. For it be your last time you loosen your belt. <laughs> the last notch. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed sitting down. Because it's the last time you'll sit down. So, <laughs> in a totally bizarre <laughs> series of events, Paul Gleason who was about to light his cigarette his lighter is also some sort of laser laser. 
that he shoots the chandelier, which makes the lights go out, and then Doc Savage pimp slaps Captain C's. He mm-hmm. does. He gets him right in the mouth. And then it's on. It's like mm-hmm. pie fight time mm-hmm. without the pies. I mean, it's just now, crazy. All the guys had guns, but none of the guns work anymore all no. of a sudden everyone's guns are well, they all got knocked out of their hands, out of their hands. yeah uh, if this yeah. hadn't been for the confined space this would have been a full-out donny oh, no, that's a donny oh, sure. well i think it would have been closer Brooke. but i think this is the one time where the fuck was the marching music for this yeah i know like it wasn't it wasn't exaggerated enough that would have been amazing Fair. yeah donny broke well, <laughs> yeah i mean that, well, I, I think because of the addition of like half a dozen more guys yeah i think that qualifies it okay. as a donny okay. also a lot of things were broken that's true. Yes, this is true. And everybody was involved. Mm-hmm. And had it been a little later, someone's head would have gone into a jukebox. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. If they didn't invent the jukebox. If there was a bar, someone yeah. would have been sliding down. Right. If it had been Doc's house where he'd already invented the jukebox. Exactly. Right. Yes. And Hi, I'm so, Doc Savage. So like the lawyer guy is zapping people with his cane. His cane like has a little pointy, has a little thing, pointer thing yeah. which when he hits somebody with it, they get a goofy smile on their face. They did explain that. Yeah, it's over. got a, like it's a, some kind of a poison. poison that yeah. puts them okay, to sleep. Happy poison. That's Happy what it poison. Yeah, yes. it's a go to sleep poison. And Paul right. Gleason has pulled a lamp out of the wall mm-hmm. and is fashioning electrical he, shock he things. Just, yeah, pulled he just pulled the wires out of the wires, right? So anyone gets near him, he's stabbing people in the face. One guy does get it. He zaps him in the head, right in the head. And so they they beat up all the waiters, and then he signals. He just like runs back to the kitchen. Is like. The, now the chefs, the chefs come in and now they fight. So then like another wave of dudes comes in and it, mm-hmm. it, nothing happens. It's no. just constant like. Well, Doc Savage does punch that one guy and he flies oh, yeah. through he, the air he, like, and like takes he's out like a shotgun blast in the stomach yeah. and he mm-hmm. flies back. Yep. And uh, yeah, the whole scene was pretty amazing. And then they kind of escape. Like they, when they finally hit a point where they're like, okay, we're just tired well, of fighting all the guys, guys make now. a break for it and just jump off the side of the boat. Yeah. Right. And they're gone. Well, it's cause, like because they see Captain C's has a, a machine gun. Yeah, he's got like a Tommy gun, bugging mm-hmm. out. Yeah, so they all get out, and then Doc Savage is separated from them somehow. I don't know. How. And he just kind of struts down the side of the boat. <laughs> he walks out, just like, "Well, I'm here now." Oh, no, you got a gun? <laughs> and C's is like, "I have <laughs> you now." Guns. Nice yeah. Thompson. And so, I invented guns. Yeah. So dude all shoots him. I don't know, twelve times with a Tommy gun. Sure. And yeah. it's all just like, <laughs> it's just popping out of his chest. Yeah, right. and, and I was expecting like. You know, later on, he was going to show he had some kind, you know, it's the a vest. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. His, it was he's just do the, the fistful of dollars thing. And he's he had made something of under bronze. there. Is that what is that what he's supposed to be made of bronze? He's the man. But of see, they bronze. never explained that. I was waiting for that. I mean, maybe you're supposed to come into this with some prior knowledge or something, but they handed out leaflets. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? In the theater. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they probably did. <laughs> probably sort of. A, well, I figure at the time people were familiar enough with the, the novels yeah, or maybe. But, but I was like, yeah. OK, I guess. Apparently he's invulnerable. You can't shoot him. Which kind of makes you wonder why he didn't jump into more situations in other parts of the movie. Well, I don't know why he needs the other five guys is what I don't understand. Like dudes punch him. You think they'd be like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But no. No. He's only bronze when he needs to be. Why didn't he sink to the bottom of the ocean when he jumped in? <laughs> he sort of did. Bronze. He kind of did. No, he was able to swim But away. he's so strong, he's able to oh. float back up. Oh, so that counteracts yeah. the bronze. So mm. then what happens is, so he gets shot 12 times, and then like all the other bad guys show up, and and they're, they're coming at him from both sides, and so he sort of ducks out into a hallway, and fuck all if I know what happens, but they both like round the corner to get him, and he just sort of like pushes them double and they punch. No, he yeah, double, he double punch. punches and they yeah. all go down like dominoes and then there's a trampoline hidden 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> to where he like punches them and then jumps on the trampoline and dives into the water like an idiot, although he's supposed to look cool. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he's gone like instantly, you know, because sank to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Learn those movies from Tarzan. And then moves from Tarzan. Everyone rips off their shirts and they all have breathing apparatuses and they swim away. The mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. And seizes like bronze. And they try shooting in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we know doesn't work. Yes. So then they go after they escape. They decide to go. Or he goes back to talk to the. He goes to the records office to try to look. I guess one more time right. for the for the deed or whatever. That's and that's when he meets Mona. Mona, Mona Flores. Flores. Mm-hmm. And um, she does not want to work in the records office no. anymore. And so she's My going. My boss to, is an asshole. <laughs> she's going to lead him to her village, which just happens to be her village. Yeah, that's nearby. Because someone there will know something. Yeah. <laughs> so they, yeah, they they take off on horses. She and, heard the stories from her father's father. Sure. Yes. Sure. Yes. Yeah, but, so of, they, the, of the mystical land, of the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they travel over every type of terrain and get to this village eventually. Hmm. And then the old dude says, oh, I don't remember this place. And she's like, yeah, you do. You told me about it. And he was like, oh, oh yeah, that place. Oh, that place. The edge of the world. I'll take you there, oh. but I'm not going any further. Yeah. Then, okay. So they basically saddle well, up. Yeah. And, well, right before that, she, she comes out. Does she ride along with him? No, not to that point. No, she, no, no. no. She's says, supposed to stay, stay in the, the town. Village, yes. Stay in the town. Stay in the town. Because stay. Because she has, she goes to talk to Doc Savage yeah. and she's like, I love you. And he's like, whoa, whoa, hold on now. Uh, I see. I'm, um, I'm too busy for, for this gentleman. I'm focusing on my career. Right. Yeah. I don't have any time for a new friend. Uh, yeah. See, so basically, yeah, he's like, no, I've got he's a very like, expensive only, suit collection. <laughs> <laughs> I've only gone out on one date. Right. I'm, picking I'm out basically bronze, and I would wreck you. Yeah. <laughs> you what I'm trying to say is I like show tunes <laughs> very much. And then he gets, well, he gets into this fucking story about how, oh, they used the woman, the last woman I loved, they used her as bait against right. me. And, and that's that, why I can never... Put anyone in danger, and except his five it's, buddies. It's this. Yeah. It's except the standard. Like you never put a woman yeah. in. It's the standard superhero alter right. ego protect family thing. But yet he's right. like we said, yep. he has so, these five bubbling nincompoops. Yeah, so he like, doesn't give yep. a shit about them. For so it's real. like you stay here, Mona. But, Your dad's going to take us to the end of the world. Which this yeah. all leads to definitely stay here. Don't leave. Yes. This all leads to our biggest what the fuck <laughs> laughing moment of the movie. Yeah, because then it just kind of. You know they've they've been shooting this scene where he's got the sun behind him setting and it's really weirdly lit and then they just kind of stop on his face and he just goes, "Mona, you're a brick." <laughs> Except we all thought he said, "Mona, yeah, you're a prick." I'm still and I'm still sure that's what he said. <laughs> the IMDb says brick, which it's well, got to be brick. But what, what could he possibly mean, mean by that? Mean? What does it mean? Maybe that meant she wasn't supposed to go anywhere. <laughs> but stay I, here like I've a brick. I've never heard anyone say that phrase to anyone else ever. In Unless any... it's followed by house. Sure. Yeah. But it wasn't. No. And he did. Uh, All I know is, is he says it in the most condescending way yeah. possible. Which yeah. You're a peach. Is really. <laughs> that would have been fine. That's really for... a tough feat considering how fucking condescending this asshole has been throughout the entirety of the movie already. Yeah. I, we we had to rewind the movie. We were like, did he say what? A is brick is an old-fashioned slang for a person who is a good sort, solid, dependable. Like it's a brick. A, like a brick. Like oh. a rock. So Really <laughs> dependable. You can rely on that person. Sure. Et mm-hmm. Yeah, which he instantly Thanks, proves wrong. 
Yes. Because, <laughs> because it turns out she's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> because they go through the long ass journey through like every landmass, territory, terrain, to whatever, to get to the end of the world, which is the, you know, the drop off of the planet, which isn't because people are stupid. Mm-hmm. But so they get to the thing and the dad turns around and is like, well, I got you here. I got to go. I, I did my part. I'm leaving. See ya. And he whips out some thing some spyglass and sees like his dad left him morse code on a rock and it says look for the singing bush or whatever and <laughs> so basically they they've like looked around and they're like well we can't get down there and so he reads the code about this bush and then they go and he just sort of moves this bush out of the way it's like oh there's a path over here we can go down over here mm, nobody bothered to look for that path really no, there was a bush there obviously mm-hmm. that was a impassable area because of the a bush. very thick bush it had thorns and stuff on it yeah most of them do i guess it was <laughs> i don't know you could see through it to the path yeah but yeah. so they go through and they go down and impenetrable bush they get to a secret place like where the incans are doing a th- they've got a, a lake of bubbling gold and the bad guys are stealing the gold, and well, they're they're really subjugating the people for the gold, right? They've enslaved the people, and it's like you're gonna dig up the boiling gold or whatever. Yeah, they got a backhoe and got it back in there, and they're gonna uproot that gold. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to know where the gold's at. Uh, <laughs> I want the gold. So, and Give then they're the gold. they're instantly <laughs> discovered because Mona, Mona. like like a dumbass. Mona. Followed them. Not only followed them, but somehow circumvented them and got around them. It's because she knew the way. She and arrived first. She wasn't carrying tons of shit like they were. Yeah. On horses. And- but she didn't know the way. That's why she went and got her dad. Didn't her she say friend. she had been there before? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe then, she. What, I don't know. Why didn't she just take them there? It's so. Anyway, she's there, and she's already been captured, which means they get captured. She might have been mm-hmm. caught up above, and they took her down. Like. Dig her down. Yeah, I'm saying like Dig I mean, <laughs> I'm saying like she. They may have caught her out on, on the perimeter, not down. And she may not have gone down the secret path past the singing bush. Yeah, but she the made other, it there. But first. all the other people were there. All that matters I is know. she She's, fucked it up. She for captured. Everyone. She got captured. She got. Yeah. Stock fu- Savage separates himself from them. Right. He <laughs> leaves his men. Go he gets rid of his poncho and jumps down and hides in the, the rest of the guys are just kind of putzing around and you know instantly caught. Fat mm-hmm. bastard has his pig with him, which I don't think we'd mentioned that he has like a. Little potbelly pig he carries around. Everywhere. Little pig, little, yeah, little tiny pig. Little pig For serves no, no purpose. Purpose whatsoever. So it does serve a purpose later because it has a trick. You want bacon? No. <laughs> oh, it can turn oh, itself yeah, into bacon. Right. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, it can. It's I'm a hungry pig. <laughs> it can oh, chew through, it can chew through ropes <laughs> and flesh and human bones. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so they, of course, immediately get caught. Yeah. Captain C's gives them the whole, hey, <laughs> I now have all the gold, right. and the- you won't take my gold. You're going in that cave. Yes. Where's Doc Savage? <laughs> and that's when the lawyer basically tells him, well, you're trespassing on <laughs> right, starts on Doc Savage's land due to the deed that belongs to him. Shit. And the guy's like, slap. <laughs> yeah, he, he pretty much hauls off and just punch straight yeah, up, punches yeah. him. He and says, that's when Fat Bastard is is just headbutts the dude off this little mm-hmm. stage platform that he's giving a speech on. His soapbox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and then they put him in the cave. And right. then the the lawyer guy and fat bastard that have been at each other's throats the entire movie are suddenly friends again. best friends right. ever. Because they bonded. Sure. And, and then, then they are bonded because they're all tied up inside the cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they all get tossed in the cave. The, and the chief 
also like kind of opposes that he's like well you know he's like they're uh, right you are you've kind of enslaved our people and goes against city he's ordinance. like i said i'd make you rich and he's, <laughs> he's kind of like, like well mm-hmm. weren't we kind of rich before and yeah. not kinda, that it really matters because yeah, we, don't we don't care money, yeah. Yeah. we yeah. live in the jungle it right. doesn't fucking matter. gold yeah no gold's really not so, so good for making tools out of it's no, very soft yeah. It's bad. Yeah. yeah so he gets tossed in there with him yeah, and they unleash the snakes on them. Mm-hmm. Well, ghost the chief, the, the chief snakes. also refuses to use the ghost snakes on them. Right, and so they're like that was the main. Eh, that was the main. So betrayal. we'll just use the ghost snakes on you. Right, mm-hmm. but like they're in the cave Ooh, trying to get away, and they realize that oh, if we just turn back to back, we can untie each other. But for some reason, they can't figure out how to do that. Oh, these impossible knots. Yeah. Like so the dude's like, "Hey, pig, you still in my jacket?" And the pig's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> literally like <"Wee." laughs> and he's like do that trick i taught you and not so, by the hair of my chinny chin chin <laughs> so the pig just starts chewing through ropes to free yeah. everybody and that's when the snakes come in and the chief is like ultimate sacrifice time and just stands in front of the snakes only it doesn't doesn't do, do shit anything. except it does kill the is chief delay the snakes <laughs> right. for about the snakes six seconds maybe yeah, seven it doesn't seconds. kill the chief because he's back later in the movie yeah okay yeah, well, they, the, yeah the, i know he the just snakes take... bite the fuck yes. out of the chief and then he falls down yeah, and then the snakes dead, like but... are like okay time to kill the rest of you and, all right. and they all start to bite everyone yeah so it's like oh this is pleasant and we're like yay <laughs> all those assholes are gonna die yeah and so doc savage meanwhile has done the the indiana jones thing where he snuck up behind the one dude punches him real quick and then immediately takes his hat it's like now I'm now I'm a Nazi. I've got a hat on, mm-hmm. so they can't find me. And a bazooka. Yeah, oh, he doesn't get that. No, but then he's instantly found. Not really, because he he grabs a, a seize and holds him in front of the door. Oh, that's right. Okay, holds him by the throat, and he's like, you know, tell your men to drop their guns and open the door, and or crushing him with seconds. his yeah. strength of brawn. Yeah, he's he's pinching his neck bone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like come on, open his, the his open Vulcan the savage grip. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they open up the door, and then uh, he tosses in a remedy, some kind of antidote, which I don't know how he, he got. He, oh, that's what he was making it off the yeah. snakes thing earlier right, in the movie. Right. Which sure. yeah, it just kind of disappeared, and all of a sudden, like, oh, yeah, like, I made this thing here. Inject everyone with it. Yeah, probably should have given you guys some of this just in case, but uh, you know, right. Anyway, so then basically all the people see him open up the door, and then they're like, "Fuck this, we're out of here." Well, and, and people start going crazy. Yeah, and that's and stealing when all the gold. And Paco when, or wherever. Yeah, that's when uh, the land guy who is... Little midget yeah, asshole baby yeah. dude. Yeah. God, we didn't even really fucking talk about this. We so shouldn't. That guy yeah, is the he worst. He sleeps in the, Just quickly. He sleeps in this weird crib bed. And every time they show it, the little uh, lullaby. Yeah. yeah. And he's sucking his thumb. And it, it's strange. It's, it's never explained. It's just dumb. It's like a... It's a giant bed. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's giant like a king cradle. size cradle. Yeah. Bed but it's on rocks. it's on rockers. Yeah. You could fit like 20 people in that thing. Yeah, it was a big ass bed. It's, yeah. Anyway, in a regular size room. But he starts freaking out because weird. everybody's like all the Still all the, the native Incan guys are like fuck this we're out of here and all the other I guess henchmen are kind of like fuck this we're out of here and they're stealing gold. Yeah. And he, and so he's Assholes. like goes in the tent, pulls out a couple of sticks of dynamite and starts a couple bundles of dynamite. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. starts chucking it at the people and then Meanwhile, Seas and Savage now start fighting hand to hand. Sure, and it's really fucking weird because not not only do they just stand there, like first thing they do is like Seas stands up to him and does the sumo like ready stance. Yeah, and, and then, then Savage mm-hmm. like sees him and is like, okay, it's on, and so he does it, and then it cuts back to Seas close up, and on screen it says in text sumo. Right, and they. This fight, is the like, point where Indiana Jones would just shoot him. Right. Yeah. But Doc Savage is noble, you see, and if right. he wants to duel, 
with various dueling styles, then he will accommodate. But it, it goes on for a while. Well. Like they fight in various assorted styles that aren't exactly like their styles. So that's and Doc the point. Savage proves his mastery <laughs> yeah. of but every martial art on the planet. Every time they flip it, they put it on screen what they're fighting as. Mm-hmm. Yes, at least it said Kung Fu and not Kung Fu. But yes. I mean, but they that was not what they were fighting. No. Like and then karate and yeah and bojutsu. And yeah. yeah, and then finally, uh, what was the last one? Um, just fisticuffs. fisticuffs. Right. Yeah, yeah, they go to like you know bar room. Marquis of yeah. Queensberry rules. <laughs> yeah, but I appreciate that the guy does do. Yeah, the Captain yeah, Seas does do the yeah, yes the, um, the the old timey boxing style. Mm-hmm. But the, the bare dude, knuckle boxing, yeah, old timey rules. The dude who threw the dynamite, the dynamite has set off like a fault line. Because sure. now everything's shaking and exploding and and going and gold haywire. is shooting up out of the gold geysers pond. of gold are shooting and and then and then and then Doc basically goes, all right, well I'm gonna go hide in the cave with my guys, right? And rolls by himself rolls the rock back, right? The super strength of Doc <laughs> Savage. Oh, and I forgot, scientist guy did do one thing to show his superpower because he goes, the epicenter is really near. The last shockwave should be. No. Right. <laughs> and it happens. It happens, and then, and then they're like, okay, they're like we're okay. clear. Let's go back out. Roll out the door, and <laughs> everything's kind of covered in gold, including henchman guy. He's, yes. Yeah, he's, he's just a statue. And, and then they see... Captain Seas, Seas crawls out of the bushes. Where Help like, me, I'm pinned. And there's this weird like epilogue to the movie. <laughs> it's where so strange. They we should a, all ignore. They, well, the doc- <laughs> no, the epilogue has some very disturbing... Imagery. undertones to it yeah because well, basically they're like well now you're going to go to the doc savage rehabilitation it center. takes the arkham asylum logic one step further which is that arkham asylum would actually work and all it takes is a little bit of therapy and you can turn the worst villain into just the nicest dude they imply that they give him a fucking lobotomy it's acupuncture uh, yeah but it's brain surgery is what yeah. they're, doing. they're poking his brain that's well yeah, all right yeah and well, I know the basically, but still, that basically in in 1936, what happens is they saw his brain open and they <laughs> kill him. He sure. dies on the operating table, but yeah. not by Doc Savage, who also invented an answering machine, which they should so show in this part. Mm-hmm. Right. So basically, yeah. Captain Seas gets a job working for the Salvation Army and singing Christmas carols. That's the end of that. And then he gets a call on the answering machine. Right, which is like, there's like millions the, of people are going to die, Doc Savage. You got to come help us. We're and, in the castle. Of, ah, right. And, then, and he has and a then, record. An LP answering machine. Yes, which on one side records, which is the plays world's first answering machine, and on the other side records his, his message. And it's yeah. just set up for another movie, right? Basically, because he goes and jumps in the Doc Savage mobile, which this time actually has a fucking bumper sticker on it. It's like Doc Savage will never let you down. Go USA or some bullshit. Well, it, it, it says his have his no fear. Plate. It says yeah. has, no, it have was, no fear. Doc Savage is here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. but that was like actually. On I think the, the man bumper. bronze is here. Yeah. It? Something something like anyway, that. but I mean, Either I think way. I think that was supposed to be conceited ass. Like the, no, I think it was supposed to be the hard ticket to Hawaii. Like this is your outro title card as the car is driving away. Sure. It was the practical in the in the frame. I don't think it was like. This is here all the time. It's just right. like this is on the. Oh, car. I bet it's there. Just like that just, man has his goddamn logo on everything. <laughs> I know, I know. But this yeah. the snowmobile at the beginning when you see Doc Savage, that's your title card. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's also on his car and his plane and his helicopter. Right. It's probably on his condoms def- and. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably on him. Yeah. Condoms <laughs> in 1933. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were also uh, made of uh, inner tubes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then the title no card. condom can contain <laughs> Doc Savage. So basically, a title card comes up. Blast through that like a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Oh. Next, Doc Savage's super sperm. Uh, Save the day. Right. So let's rate this thing because we need to stop talking about it soon. Yeah. Okay. I know. One jocks. 
That's it. It's it's G-rated, so you don't have the violence that we usually hope for. Mm-hmm. Doc Savage is just kind of a prick, but there's kind still of. some weirdly hilarious stuff in here. Yeah. But there's a lot of treading water you got to do to get there. So that's I can only go one jocks. All right. I'm I'm mine's going to be a two-part answer. Um <laughs> ooh. Ooh. If you watch this movie with like-minded individuals, mm-hmm. uh like I did, it's a it's a two jocks movie for me. If you watch it with just yourself, <laughs> it's probably a one jocks movie or lower. Well, maybe lower, if, depending on how you feel about bronze assholes. <laughs> Point. It's a condition I've heard of. Bronze yeah. assholes. Yeah, it's a tanning booth sort Ugh. of mishap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ew. So, yeah, two jocks for me. Okay, officially. yeah. I can agree with that. I give it two. Um, you should always agree with it, me. I'm trying. It's, uh, you know, I mean, it has a couple of moments. You know, it has moments that brought applause and riotous laughter and... He does call that lady a prick, so. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, this is this is a really difficult one for me to rate because, on the one hand, I think it probably in, on an enjoyment level for how we gauge our movies, I think is probably a two jocks movie. I'm going to give it a three because I actually Whoa. I actually think that this is a fairly decent movie in the terms of of doing what it's what it's set out to do. Like it is uh, a later version of a serialized thing. I don't think there's a lot of difference between like this and say the rocketeer wait before <laughs> you say anything. Yes. The rocketeer has 15 plus years of newer technology and bigger budget and all of that. But you have to look at the sentimentality of the movie. And that's what this movie really had is like the, it's just trying to capture an era. And I think it did it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it is a throwback serial type thing yeah. just before Star Wars did it, mm-hmm. really. It just, it, and it's probably truer to the spirit of those, especially, yeah. strangely enough, the music probably works in that regard mm-hmm. towards pushing it further yeah. in that direction. I mean, I, Star Wars may be a slightly bad example. I understand that it takes its 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 roots in the Flash Gordon-y things, but I don't mm-hmm. think it like set out to be that. It was always trying to be bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So like this was like this was we, definitely trying to be yeah, a serial. We, we may have had the you know we may have had the tools to do this, but we want to keep it here at this level. We don't want to go too far beyond the scope of what could have been made. Don't take in, it too terribly yeah. seriously. Yeah. yeah, like don't. I you know not to get too uh, fine a point on it, but we have to bring Sam, up a little bit about. <laughs> we have to say a little bit about like the comparison to Buckaroo Banzai. It just has to be said, and we may go slightly over our normal time, but. I think I, I think. Do you have a rate? Did you rate it already? Yes, I'm okay, going to say three. <laughs> but I think what I realized why I think I like this better than Buckaroo Banzai, and this is going to sound like an extreme comparison again, like the Rocketeer. But let me finish. I feel like Buckaroo Banzai was a little bit of the forbidden zone to the Fleischer cartoons. It's like it wanted to be that, and then it felt like, oh, I've got to amp it up. This isn't enough. We've got to take it to this extreme level. And I feel like this stayed grounded in the roots of that serialization type of thing without going too far. And I feel like Buckaroo Banzai went a little too weird just because it's like, fuck, it's the 80s. People are on coke. we got to amp this up a little bit. They can't <laughs> handle a 30s, 40s, 50s serial type of thing. I will say also, I liked Buckaroo Banzai better okay. than this. 
personally. Mm, well, like I said, I mean, no there, there are things. Taste. There are things. I'm, I'm just saying, like, there are things to like about Bunker Romanzai, and that's not a knock against it. I'm just saying, like, I think this does that better because it, it stays grounded. It's like it's like making a, a modern day Tarzan by keeping the original Tarzan flavor, maybe modernizing a little bit, but not like making Tarzan suddenly you know, super powered or, you know, it's like, it's not taking it too far. Or like you know? making a Ninja Turtle, an alien. Yeah. Like I said, I, if I don't know if anyone else has anything to add, but that's, I just want to get I, out of there. Cause I feel like that's why I would say I maybe enjoy this for what it is a little bit better than Buck Rapunzel. I, and I, we were talking about it before we came in and recorded and I pretty much agree with that statement. It, it feels like this feels less grotesque than, uh, than Buckaroo Banzai as a derivation of that sort of thirties, crazy serialized mm-hmm. pulp style. Yeah, like I, mean, I would liken this like the Flash Gordon '80s movie. Yeah, you've got you know modern-y Queen music playing over the whole thing of it, but it's still it's very much in that like still we kind of we're going to use cheesy effects even though Star Wars is out and we could do better. We just want it to look sort of like that world. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's well that, they go for hokey and they don't hedge their bets. Yeah, I mean, which I think mm. that's that's the issue you guys seem to have with um, Buckaroo Banzai is that it kind of hedges its bets and it tries to be. It tries to be cooler than its roots are. Right. Whereas this has no illusions of that. It's like it straight just, up, yeah. let's make a movie just like that, except maybe we have some more modern effects to do the snake stuff. And sure. That sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, th- this one's more fun on a cheesy level. Buckaroo Banzai is more fun on an actual filmmaking level, I think. Okay. And Chuck is... Chuck's just stewing in his hatred. Well, because right Chuck is part of the the internet. internet defense. Yes. Yeah. Card carrying member. I'm not. Sorry. I'm not upset. I'm just. You guys reviewed Buckaroo Bonds. I'm letting you guys have this comparison. Okay. Well, you've seen the movie. You can I have an opinion. I. I. I just I mean, think do you this see movie, the links between the two. Oh, absolutely. But I, I, in doing so, I can see things about Buckaroo Banzai that were right as opposed to what this movie got wrong, and that. You know, I mean, Doc Savage is basically just a shell of a character. I mean, there's nothing there. He's invincible. He has no weaknesses. He has no emotions. He has no anything. He's just a prop, basically. He's mm-hmm. the one to get his five idiot friends out of trouble. Whereas, such a stupid comparison, but Buckaroo Banzai at least had, you know, some faults and some tragedy in his life and was sort of affected by the fact that his wife had been killed and now all along comes this person who looks exactly like his wife and he's all freaked out about that. And his friends actually do something. Yes. They're his actually friends, capable of... They have all sorts of jobs and they do them rather well for the most part. But also just in comparison to like, like movies like The Rocketeer and even The Phantom I thought do this sort of thing better Mid-70s were just a weird time. I know we were approaching the Bicentennial, and it was, let's go America and everything, but this thing is so Boy Scouty, and I mean, like, Superman has its share of America flag-waving and shit in it, but nothing compared to this, where it's just well, not like... not like where he, ha- he stops the movie to have that speech in this one, where... Oh, God, it's we like, didn't even go over... It's like, we need to serve our fellow man yeah. and make everyone better, and... Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with the sentiment, but it's just like, eh, you know, for an action movie, this I would is love to read weird. this speech. So, I don't know. I, just parts of it made me uncomfortable, just in their awkwardness. <laughs> so okay, yeah, all right. And you guys are still wrong about Buckaroo Bonsai. Well, you're still fucking. <laughs> I never said I didn't like Buckaroo Bonsai. We put it in the jocks territory. I know. I'm say. I know, but you didn't give it five. <laughs> <laughs> there's oh, the internet. Oh, well, yeah, well when the, it earns five, the, 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 the score's kicking in. When they, when they make the sequel, worst we'll ratings ever. 
right? Yeah. They do right. have the speech on here, BJ. Yeah, I know. I want to read it. <laughs> well, let's go out on the speech. <laughs> yeah, before we go. <laughs> Let me strive every moment of my life to make myself better and better to the best of my ability that all may profit by it. Let me think of the right and lend all my assistance to those who need it with no regard for anything but justice. Let me take what comes with a smile, without loss of courage. Let me be considerate of my country, of my fellow citizens, and my associates in everything I say and do. Let me do right to all and wrong no man. God, what a prick. I guarantee you, no, no. <laughs> hey, I guarantee you, if Mr. Fucking T had said that in front of the Lincoln oh, Memorial, God, you'd yes. be cheering. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was a great speech. Yeah. Mr. T. Mr. T. Let me strive every moment of my life <laughs> to make myself better and better to the best of my ability. Fool. If Yafikado gave that speech. Oh. I just See? had an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. Yep. Stay <laughs> golden, pony boy. Hey, Bamcast. Hey, hey everybody. Hey, this is the second half hey, of podcast. the Bamcast. Yep. So, um, after our voicemail of Palooza, we, we ain't got none this week. So, thanks, guys. Yeah, we only got That's some, cool. Some regular ass emails. Thanks so. for the break. Yeah. <laughs> That's good because we got movies to talk about. We all yeah. kind of just sort of watch movies. On yeah, with me. Yeah, as movies. Usual. Nah, you didn't watch. We like yeah. movies. I don't like, I like movies. movies. We like to talk about movies. I don't like movies. Sure do. Except BJ doesn't like nope, to talk about movies or watch movies. Nope. So do we want to do the couple of emails first, or we just talk movies and then emails? How are we doing this? Uh, we got some subjects. So uh, okay. video is killing right. the radio yeah. star. We'll maybe read one. All talk right. about some movies. Read mm-hmm. another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make it all work. Okay. Uh, first one's from Moonpeer. Hey, right. Moonpeer, our good friend Moonpeer, the street hey, urchin. Buddy, hello. The subject is my liege. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> He's my urchin lord. Uh-huh. Okay, your urchin lord. Right. Sweet. Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, he says things is the subject. <laughs> things. Oh, Sweet. I like those. Hey guys. <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Sorry I missed last show. Things I miss in movies? Practicality. Practical sets, practical ships, objects, stunts, all of it. Practical jokes. Which is funny because the way I understand it... (laughs) 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 Which is funny because the way I understand it, practicality is cheaper than doing things in CG, and very few studios do CG right. The only studio I can think of that does good CG is the Firefly Serenity uh, Battlestar Galactica studio. They do great CG. And Weta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Says, but anyway, quick question. What do you guys love and hate about special features? I love special features, but I hate when it's chopped and cut special features. I'm watching Alien right now, and the commentary track is so very bad. <laughs> but I do love a great commentary track, as per Shaun of the Dead and Lord of the Rings. So he's asking us uh, special features on DVDs, Blu-rays. Right. If we prefer them. Hmm. What we like, now, just what we don't like. One thing you said there about the special effects versus special effects versus practical effects. Um, that was one of the things I didn't understand about the Thing remake is why they went all digital effects. Like, do they just feel like it had to be bigger and better than CG could allow, or you know, that practical effects could allow for? I, I honestly don't think there are that many people doing practical effects anymore. They just yeah. couldn't find. I mean, so, if they wanted so to do it left. that way. They probably didn't. I guess. I just weird. Well, but. and the the deal with practical effects too is so many things can go wrong. You know, they talk about in the original thing mm-hmm. they lost oh, God. a whole 
months Less worth of work people. on something because it caught on fire. Yeah. And they had to scramble had to improvise and redo, at the last minute and yeah, do other crazy in shit. In like a day. Yeah. What they had, what they had built for three months. Yeah. Well, know, speak, you, speaking of which, watch old Carpenter movies with uh, commentary, especially the Russell Carpenter yeah. ones. Yeah. Those are some of the best <laughs> commentary out there. They drunk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, early Kevin Smith ones were really good too. But, but I, like, yeah. yeah, that's true. But I think that's why they've moved away from practical is it's just CG. You can control so many more things. Mm-hmm. Problem yeah, is, you know, what the way it I think it really should be done is they should be using practical effects and using cleanups and CG. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. really the best yep. possible option for yeah. things. That's but, what I'm saying I about mean, like the Expendables is like don't use CG blood, use blood packets because you get that realistic ow thing. That's <laughs> the latest trend I can't stand is now that blood is CG. It's just yeah. Like, I mean, Jesus set off some squibs Christ. and then if you want to, you know. Japanese horror gore movie up it a little bit with a little bit more blood than CG yeah, because sure. you've already got like I said you already got droplets of blood yeah. flying and just multiple yeah, even as as well as yeah, go good as you know as good as the CG effects for fluids are these days it's still uh, it still too, looks too bright you can still it still looks wrong yeah, yeah. You can still tell so mm-hmm. listen to us studios <laughs> Yeah, yeah, speaking of that, um, we're right. real quick, Expendables 2, now Stallone, is saying it's going to be R-rated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? A few people have sent that to us, so we might as well right. send it now. So. Awesome. Hopefully that's the case. Yeah, we'll see. So, who knows? Because we, we're thing. basically getting, like... It's new, Jeff Norris. <laughs> we're getting new information every freaking week. It's, yeah, but the yeah, thing is, is that he can't keep saying what the movie's going to be rated. It's, it's not up to him. It's still his baby. I mean, he's still I, like the executive producer. Yeah, but he's director still shooting one. for. Well, like they can say what they're shooting for. Right, yeah. right I know. And, but I mean, unless they're just going to throw in fifty thousand f bombs, they can't guarantee. You know, it, it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get a PG thirteen rated. Well, you know, first of all, you're, you're you don't know what the MPA is going to say, and now you're saying, well, I mean, oh yeah, it'll be R. It's like, eh. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe here's the deal: if mm-hmm. you can. You can say we're expecting to get this PG rated, and if it doesn't get that rating, we'll recut it until it does. Um, yeah, or they I can think- say we're shooting for an R rating with this film, and that's what we're hoping to come out with. Yeah, that's the more so, dangerous thing. It was like going in saying we're making a PG-13 movie means we will cut it down and make it yeah. not necessarily make sense or worse. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. or we'll, I mean, yeah. So there you go. I but mean, it, it, I, there is some control that they have over sure, it. Sure, but they I mean, don't like, have control over what the MPAA is but going like the to give ori- it. Yeah, but the original Expendables was shot as a PG-13 movie, and then they were like, you know what? Let's just R-rate this thing up, and that's where we got all the CGI blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe. Yeah. Anyway. No, DVD anybody, special features. Oh, yeah. I was going to um, say, we still haven't really completely answered that uh, things we miss in old movies. I think way. just as they come up. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're still keep addressing it yeah. every week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like, I like commentary tracks sometimes because sometimes they're just like, Oh, well, this is where we, uh, well, we kind of did some stuff with this movie. Um, <laughs> this is where we fucked up. Yeah. We, uh, Watch that. yeah, this would have been great if we could have done that, but we couldn't. So, uh, anyhow, and then <laughs> if, if they ramble on and, and are just mashing about, I don't like it, but like, I really liked the. Uh, I'm a big Scott Pilgrim Homer. Um, I really like the commentary tracks on on that. Um, special features other than commentary tracks, I like are. Um, I like alternate takes when they're like fully fleshed. They're almost fully fleshed out. Like they honestly did two full shots, and they're like, eh, we'll pick this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and goofs, goofs are always fun when they just fuck up and fuck up and fuck up. But I don't like it when they just kind of 
just throw a handful of of shots in and they're like all right when it feels like it's lazy yeah. yeah, a lot of times what you'll get, you will you sort of get the reel from the rap party of the movie, which is just basically like a bunch of people fucking around on set, set to really bad, wacky music. Yeah, and it's that's like, no it doesn't come across as entertaining to watch. But there are there are blooper reels on DVDs that are legitimately hilarious. Um, I mean, just, my God, the, all the stuff that's been piled onto the Anchorman DVDs slash Blu-rays and all that stuff. I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about special features... I mean, there's like a whole other goddamn movie because yeah. yeah. <laughs> of all the freaking footage. They yeah, had. I mean, yep. they had and and that is a that to me is a fascinating set to watch because you can really tell how a movie is shaped and molded, especially in post production. How you can see like, okay, obviously this movie was supposed to go in this total different direction, and then you start to see like, okay, this was shot much later, and this was shot much later. You can tell by looking at his wig and just all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I'm weird about commentary tracks. Like, I used to have to watch them all the time Mm -hmm. when I was reviewing discs, and I got burned to the point where I just couldn't watch another one ever. Like, I got to, I watched the commentary track on Dude, Where's My Car? I'm sorry. Where they are sitting there saying, okay, now what's coming up here is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I was just like, holy God, these guys are so deluded, they don't understand what's going on. That not everything is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And nothing in this movie is the funniest thing anyone has ever seen. So there's that. Then you get to something like uh, the commentary on In the Mouth of Madness, which normally John Carpenter tracks are really good. This is a John Carpenter track with the guy who did the lighting. So every five minutes, it's like, (laughs) how would you light this scene? Tell us about lighting. And it's just like, oh, God, this is so boring. Just stop talking. There's a very fine art to them. Sure. The main thing is, I think you can never have more than three people on the track. Ever. As soon as you get above that, it falls apart well yeah and and they have to be and usually it's awesome if they have an editor in there because editors know the movie better than anybody sure and they're usually the best people to say well you know and talk about deleted scenes and why they were taken out and that sort of stuff and the filmmaking craft of it and sometimes some directors are good some are just they fall into narration you know, a and, lot and of them that's are like so many talking about what's on screen. So, but time. like, you know, you listen to like Steven Soderbergh and uh, Lem Dobbs on the Limey where mm-hmm. they actually get into arguments about stuff that he cut out. <laughs> right. You know, and it's like and Lem Dobbs, he like he calls the one guy from Variety who gave it a bad review. He called him that motherfucker from Variety. <laughs> like <laughs> there's just so much awesome stuff on some of those. Soderbergh usually has good ones. There's a few that are just kind of like he goes off on tangents so far from the movie that you're like, why are you even bothering to? Right. this dude you know and then the carpenter one some of like the one on the thing is great because mm-hmm. it's him and kurt russell just cracking beers open yeah it's like yeah. the first sound he hears yeah beers cracking open because their one on big trouble in little china too is just amazing mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. so fantastic and escape from new york i believe yeah. yeah 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 and um but the but the other trend in commentary tracks that's that's hurtful to them really is is like a lot of times what they do now is they will record the commentary track before the movie comes out oh yeah and there's no perspective on it it's like some movie will come out and it'll be like a giant shit sandwich. It'll just suck. Something like Little mm-hmm. Nicky or something like that. And like you get the disc and you're like, okay, I want to hear these assholes defend this movie. I, they've gotten 27 people on this commentary track to come in and talk about Little fucking Nicky. I want to hear them explain themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, the movie hasn't come out yet. We hope it's going to be good. And it's like, whoa, you guys don't realize that you pretty much made the worst Adam Sandler movie. And that's saying something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's debatable nowadays, but now it is. But mm-hmm. at the time, but it's like uh, Battlefield Earth has a commentary on it, and it's oh. like 
<laughs> I want to hear this asshole defend this movie. I want to have him say, explain how jets could fucking work a thousand years later, and you know all the bullshit in this movie. I want this guy to explain himself. And basically, you want a Q and A. I, not even that. I just, I just you want, want to yell at the director. Well, I just want some perspective. I want someone to, set, to 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 take the movie into account how the public perceived it, how critics received it, and just how it was accepted by people, and talk about that. But when they just ignore all that and talk about technique, that gets irritating to me. Yeah, I was going to say that brings up uh, another interesting thing you can get on a commentary track is somebody doing a commentary for a movie they had nothing to do with. Like, yeah, yeah, I was about yeah. to say the well, criter- guest. <laughs> Criterion ones are pretty good because they'll get yeah. film critics and historians that'll mm-hmm. talk about the stuff. Yeah, it but- can get really dry sometimes, yeah. but a lot of times that's But I mean like if you find one that has like Tarantino or Scorsese or someone that like truly understands cinema, right. you can talk about the history of the movie. Yeah. It's it can be actually more fascinating than hear somebody who's like in the movie, you know, like right. part of the movie trying to talk about it because they mm-hmm. can't distance themselves. Yeah, because I mean a lot of times they, they'll grab a participant to be in it and they shot the movie 25 years ago, maybe have seen it one time since then, and their memory is totally hazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas you go get some historian who's like knows the movie inside and out, knows every bit of trivia about it or whatever. Yeah. Um, Kevin Smith's commentary on Roadhouse is really entertaining. <laughs> oh, yeah. That one's, that one's fantastic. <laughs> I, I just, forgot that was about so that. random. I was just like, why is there Kevin Smith commentary on this? Yeah. But I, I, I need just, to watch that. I thought of my, my favorite uh, special feature on a uh, any kind of disc is the actual bring in a professional documentary clue crew not oh yeah not the yeah. like we shot this hbo first look or yes. bullshit like that that's yes. completely promotional yes and but the, uh the problem is those have gone by the wayside not always there are there are still occasionally really yeah. good ones well the issue is like if you remember the old universal dvds mm-hmm. like oh, go, to go back to the thing there's like an hour and a half yeah. i think like all the i have all the old hitchcock ones where yep. like you know psycho and vertigo have almost two hour documentaries on them mm-hmm. um and the problem with those is that it was all the same dude and everyone that became yeah. the go-to dude to make those things, and there's only so much that dude can do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, it, the problem also became over half an hour, and they owe yeah. different money. I know that's such yeah. bullshit to whoever. So yeah, that's why right. a lot of like Scott Pilgrim, which you mentioned earlier, there's a like there's one about the music, there's one about the the stunts, there's one about the you know there's they break it up into little chunks and they're like, okay, this is just about this. This is just about this. So you get a 15 to 20 minute thing. That's just about that instead of a whole full documentary that gives you the full picture of the movie. My, my top picks are uh, obviously the hamster factor. The 12 monkeys ones. That's that's probably one of the best, like making a film documentary. Well, except for maybe like heart, uh, is it hearts of darkness? Not heart of darkness. Hearts of darkness. Darkness, The apocalypse now one is amazing. Um, I mean, Lost in La Mancha is the only thing that exists of the movie, right. but that's by the same guy that did The Hamster Factor. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, as much as I hate the fucking movie, I don't know who did it, but the documentary that's on for The Phantom Menace was pretty fucking spectacular as far as behind the scenes of which it's almost like a tragedy because you're like watching these things un- unfold and yeah. just how weird and distant George Lucas is from all these different facets of making this fucking movie. And it's a fascinating goddamn documentary. You see how weird he is. You see how creepy his fucking kids are. You see how Rick McCallum <laughs> is just this asshole. Is like, yeah, George, that'd be great, George. Let's do that, George. Oh God, yeah, it, he's it, he's responsible. Honestly, I know. It, I hold Rick McCallum responsible more than anyone. But it's else. it's a fucking fascinating documentary. If you can mm-hmm. watch it, and not like want to punch your screen out. It is a, <laughs> an amazing documentary because the guy that shot it did a really good job. And then you just see this like, yeah. And I don't know if they're still available, madness. but like the Universal Monsters. Mm-hmm. DVDs like from the 30s mm-hmm. and 40s, those have some of the best documentaries on them because they're almost more entertaining than the movies are. Yeah, yeah. because there's so much 
amazing behind the scenes stuff Mm -hmm. and they cover all of it. Like those, I think I've watched the documentaries on those discs, you know, the mummy on a Frankenstein, a bride of Frankenstein, the uh, Dracula, which has both versions of Dracula on it. The, the crazy Spanish version that was, that was filmed like when the U S version wasn't on the set, they were filming the Spanish Spanish version version, on that set, like at the same time making the same movie. Yeah. There's so much crazy stuff about that. And those, those documentaries, they're better than the freaking movies, mm-hmm. I think. Because mm-hmm. those movies, I love them, but they have not aged particularly sure. well in no. a lot of cases. No. But the, but the yeah, the making up stuff is great. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, that's a lot about DVD special features. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of documentaries, Chuck. Yeah. You I, watched one. I watched one about pinball. Ooh, pinball. which one? Uh, it's called Special When Lit. doesn't really have an overall theme to it. It's just sort of like a... It, it, you know, it covers like a tournament and collectors and the history of pinball and goes through some companies and stuff like that. And it's just sort of an overview, but it's obviously about pe- people who like pinball. and Gorgar. Gorgar's in, in the, in the yes. movie. Um, so is it about like the rise and fall of pinball or is of, it more like the state of pinball nowadays? It, more of the latter world. than the, I mean, they cover all of it. They cover like, here's when it was really popular and here's where it was illegal in the country and here's why. And, you know, here's why Chicago is the center of all things pinball. The The only concerning thing about it is that it doesn't necessarily do its participants any favors at times. Like, I know the, the point of a documentary crew is just really supposed to turn the camera on and let the story tell itself, but... There's still some shaping that should probably happen just a little bit. Yeah, and this almost goes the other way. Like, at times, I really felt like they were almost making fun of some of these people, and that bothered me. It's like, if you're going to portray pinball as this this thing, and I mean, they do, they do this nice arc of how it's gone, and it'll probably never come back, and it was this great thing, and it's different than video games, it's an entirely different culture... But they just they 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 treat some of their participants just oddly, like they will they will show them behaving oddly and then just linger on them, like you see this guy, see how weird this guy is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and like obviously like these aren't the most cultured people necessarily, the the pinball obsessed people or the people the hoarders. They they focus on some people who have just hoarded pinball machines in their houses. And there's like this 60 year old dude who has like file cabinets and file cabinets of replacement parts and schematics and everything. And he's wearing a shirt that's like two sizes too small. And they keep making a point to make you know that he's wearing a shirt Mm. that's two sizes too small. Like it's kept in frame. And I'm like, really? (laughs) You could just pan up to his head and not keep showing this dude who obviously doesn't know how to dress himself. Yeah. So that that's a bit awkward this but, man is a hero to people treat him with some respect but it, it's a very nice look at the state of pinball now and where it was they they find like all these champions of pinball and, and talk to them and go through their like strategies and stuff like that it's uh, knowing how crazy we all are about pinball video games was this on netflix or yeah it's on it or... netflix and, and they will lead cool. the charge of the yeah. pinball revolution it's an hour and a half you know covers a lot of stuff mm-hmm. kind of sad kinda it fun. is already added to my instant queue now good yeah, job I'm sir just... Right. I want to do that now, actually. <laughs> Thanks, Netflix Instant. Yeah. Thank you. But that is cool. I mean, not sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Could be because we say fuck a lot. Fuck, fuck a lot. What are you talking about? Fuck a lot. Fuck a lot. Sir, fuck a lot. It's my new off Broadway play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck a lot. All right, so you watched some stuff. I watched a movie, too. Everyone I watched some stuff. Why don't we talk about Everybody but PJ. Let me talk about movie. I, I just found a, something I I'm going to watch. Movie. What was your newer movie that you watched? Hannah. Oh, I finally got oh. around to watching Hannah. Man, I've wanted to watch I, Leon, he, but younger. Yep. Yeah, I keep forgetting. And that's got the Chemical Ooh, Brothers soundtrack. It does. Yeah. And, oh, okay. So, first off, I would say Ooh. yes, do Ooh. watch it. 
Um, yeah, right. Just, I don't even know what to, kind of movie to tell you to expect. It, it's, did you guys? None of you probably have you seen Atonement? The guys made that movie's movie before that. Do you watch? You probably don't even watch no. movies like that. I had not seen Atonement. <laughs> movies like that. Well, I mean, it's it, Atonement was sold as the chick flick sweeping romance type movie. Uh-huh. It's really there's a lot more to it than that. Oh, um, it's a really good movie. <laughs> I mean, okay. There, there's a whole weird section where like dude goes to war and it like becomes a war movie for a little bit and yeah, it's just like it's like a whole bunch of movies mashed into one and they just sold cut it. that part out and send it to me. I'll watch that. They just sold. <laughs> they just sold it as like strictly like this is you know Jane Austen style oh. romancey thing. Oh, who good? <laughs> yeah, I understand. Anyway, I watch movies. Hannah, so, no, you don't. Hannah, guys, next movie. Uh, it's a lot, definitely a lot more approachable because it, it is basically an action movie. Mm-hmm. But there's some weird deviations into, I don't even know what to liken it to. I mean, like slice of life, like, you know, this person trying to adjust to regular life. And yeah, it just kind of goes all over the place. And I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, really, really, really liked it. It's the dude. Knows I how, keep hearing that. The dude knows how to shoot a movie. I mean, like, you know, he just knows how to frame scenes beautifully. I mean, like I said, say what you will about Jane Austen style movies. The guy knows how to sh- shoot a gorgeous movie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. Which is, it's really, really good. And, um, the chick, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That chick. Mm-hmm. Something, something Ronan. <laughs> Rebecca Roman Stamos. Charlize Theron. How would you Theron. say that? I would say it's Sir... Sir... I Sir Han, Sir Han. I would say the girl from Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's really good. And Eric Bana, I mean, goddamn. Anytime you give me an Eric, a movie with Eric Bana kicking people's ass, I'm in. Like, Boy, that's in Munich. That is a sentence that has never been said before. You're in Munich? <laughs> Have you seen Munich? No, I'm just saying you don't often hear people no, clamoring for Eric Bana Dude, kicking ass. I'm just saying like... That's I lo- I love that kind of shit. Like I I love the unassuming dude who can flip into like total badass mode. That's why I a sucker for the Bourne movies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like give me a dude to just like look like oh, I'm a guy, and then all of a sudden he like flips on like killer mode and Sersha, Sersha, Sersha. Okay, Sersha Ronan. So I did get it right. All right, right. cool. But yeah, it's, no, it's Sersha Ronan. Thank you. Kate Blanchett's great too. Um, she's Cate just like, yes, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's just she has a weird character, and it's it's good. It's okay. like it's the quirky kind of like Gary Oldmanish, like strange mm-hmm. villain you need. Mm-hmm. Nice. nice, yeah. There there is definitely a lot of parallels to to Leon. That's everything. Every yeah. time I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, the professional. Yeah, but it, it goes in like a good different direction. Oh, good. Well, so that's that, good. So yeah, I, uh, my girlfriend and I, we had a movie weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, I brought a whole stack of movies and said, "Go ahead and start picking, choose." And uh, first one we watched was Amelie, <sighs> which she had never seen. Mm. It's such a wonderful film. Yeah that that film is just it's it makes you happy to be a person. For yes, once. that that that's exactly it. Is it's it's one of those movies that's so happy to exist. And it's so happy about the little tiny stupid things that happen in life that mm-hmm. you can be you can enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just it's, whenever it's, you feel yourself running low on faith in humanity and, and joy, just mm-hmm. pop in Emily. And Amelie. the thing about it too is, I want the full title to me. But to me, it never gets cloying about it. It's smart enough to pull back when it needs to pull back, mm-hmm. and it's smart enough to have you know like the 
the uh, old man downstairs character to kind of mm-hmm. put everything in perspective every once in a while. So it's because it's one of those movies that really could have tipped into the whole like a little too quirky, a little too full of itself world. And I think it's one of those that walks that balance well enough, especially for me, who's, you know, obviously that movie runs a real risk of me just despising it sure. for what it is. But yeah. I was actually, go ahead. Yeah, no, you go ahead. I was just su- surprised to see your reaction when you tweeted about it. I was like, wow, he liked it. Yeah, well, I've, <laughs> no, I've, I own it. I've seen yeah. it plenty of times. There's a, there's a little candle flickering in this cold black heart. <laughs> yeah, and that's, well, and it's that's funny too reminded that, me. that this one has become kind of like, that movie that people are into foreign films, this tends to be the one people are like, well, give them a shot. It's the and it's, and it's Amelie is <laughs> yeah. always like, we're like, try Amelie, yeah. you know, because it's kind of like very... Hong Kong action. You're like, try the killer. Right. You know, it's yeah. kind of like that movie that, that succeeds on that yeah. level because I, I think it ties everything up so well by the end of it that I think that's why a lot of people really love it is that, about any question you have during the course of the movie gets answered. Right. You know, because there are a little, a lot of little coincidences that happen along the way, but Junet's style is freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not trying to hijack you talking about that, but have you all watched a very long engagement? Yes. I Mm. saw it in the theater. Actually, I haven't seen it since the theater, but I saw it. I I, I just, whenever that was, I I need to go back and watch Amelie again. It's been, it's been a long time. Le fabuleux destin d'Amelie Poulain. Oui. Um, uh-huh. uh, but you wanted it, you got it. I, 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 <laughs> I seem to remember slightly liking very long engagement a little bit more, and I, I know that sounds weird, but it's like I feel like it makes you it makes you suffer to get to the happy. If that, yeah. it, and so like the, the happy payoff like feels more rewarding in that movie because like yes. you've got to suffer through like hardships and things like that to get to the happy parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Not to give anything away, but I mean, well, I mean that, that one is much more grounded in reality. Yeah. Whereas Amelie is this universe that doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like this idealized version of France that doesn't exist in a time or place. Almost. It's wow. like they have modern stuff, but mm-hmm. the way everyone acts, it's like, there's no danger on the streets or anything like that. It's just right. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say, if, if you do like a very long engagement, that's probably the closest movie I would say atonement is. Like oh really? It's a like there's a lot of it, things in that movie. Like mm-hmm. just give it a chance. Did you ever see Micmax? I have not. I keep I still need to, to see it yeah. too. It's just it's hard to find now. Yeah, it was on Netflix, and I guess I missed my. Have case. you seen it, Chuck? No. He's just like he's not a like Junet crazy. guy. I can tell. I can just tell looking by his face. He's like <laughs> shut the fuck up about that guy. What do you think about French movies? What the shit? You have an opinion about? hiding behind your smarmy jerk face. <laughs> about there. what? About this movie? About I'm, Amelie? I'm seen it. You haven't seen Amelie? No. Are you ever going to watch it? Sure. That's a no. Pretty- <laughs> I'll watch it. <laughs> no, you won't. You, you have to. You, I, you, I know that because I've said those very words myself. You oh, have yeah, to. I'll, you have I'll to earn your it. way to Amelie. You need to watch Delicatessen and City of Lost Children first, and you've already seen Alien Force. Just forget that. Okay. Done. <laughs> yeah. Forgotten. It, it's, honestly, it's interesting to see how much of that color palette from Alien Resurrection is in this. One. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's very green and yellow. And, oh, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, so Alien Resurrection looks good. It's just, it's a colossal clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It goes off the rails very quickly. Yep. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also watched The Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, David mm-hmm. Fincher's movie with Michael Douglas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which apparently is really hard to find nowadays because it was a polygram movie and then the rights bounced around and Criterion, everyone keeps talking about them putting out a version of it, but. They put it out it. on Laser, I think, and then. Yeah. So. That is one dark ass movie. Yeah. Like. I hate to say it, that's just one of those movies like everyone 
always talks about that movie, I think, more than it deserves. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I just, and I just and honestly, like, the AV Club's recent article talking about how someone was so moved by the ending, which I've never felt whatsoever. Well, but that made me pick it up off the shelf and bring it over. I feel like it's this weird sort of com- almost commercial movie. Like, it, it sounds weird to say because it is very dark and strange. But I mean, it's like, I think people saw seven and were like, yeah, that's good. I'm grossed out by it. But it, that was good. Like, I don't, you know, completely understand it, but that was good. And then, like, the game came along and was like, I can get this. I can get behind this. This makes sense. Here's the thing. That movie was an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents or something like that in the late 80s, one of those anthology shows. And it was it was a case where that 30-minute story was told as best it could be told. And it the in the show, it ended, like, right when he found out it was all a gag, and he just fell over dead. And that mm-hmm. was that was fine with me because that was that sort of ironic sort of like, oh, he goes on this big, crazy adventure. But then it turns out it was just a thing and it caused him so much stress that he died on his birthday. Great. The movie like sort of does that and then it keeps going and it's like, whoa, what are, what are you doing here, movie? Where, where are you going? Yeah, I, I will say like I saw it in a the theater. I've watched mm-hmm. it a couple times since then. It's been probably 10 years since I last watched it. Mm-hmm. But I remember the first time just being like, I honestly, even right up until the very end, I'm like, I honestly, this could go either way. I have no idea where they're going with this. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I mean, it is one of those just go with it movies because there are a thousand and one coincidences that have to happen in order for that movie to work. Right. But there's a certain point where you just give in and you're like, all right, I'm just, I'm along for the ride. Let's see where this goes. Mm -hmm. And Michael Douglas, like he's so good in that. Like, he's good in everything, just about, it seems. Mm-hmm. But that one, it's funny because he starts off, based, and it's fun to imagine it as him being Gordon Gecko, Yeah. Pretty much at right. the start of that movie. Because, I mean, he is just a complete prick. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, a certain point in the middle where he has to jump into a dumpster with the girl. Right. And he's just getting out, and there's all these Chinese people are, like, behind the restaurant laughing at them. Mm-hmm. And he just goes table for two please and it's like <laughs> the first time he actually looks like he's having fun in the movie right and it's just it's so great because it's so quick and so subtle and yeah. you so, know then he descends into madness by the end of it but I just, it's me, not it's not a great movie no it and coming off of seven especially for me there was just there's just no way that he could have topped it or even oh, come yeah. close to it i mean seven was such a gut shot of a movie where it's oh, just yeah. like Dude, you're probably going to make some other good movies, but your next one is just by direct, sorry, you're not going to be able to do it. Just mm-hmm. whatever you're making next, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's why I feel like he went with that. It's like, it's kind of a safe, like, it sort of was kind of a fart out of movie. Kind of you know, a, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like, it just feels like, yeah, I, I, mean, I just have to make something. And yeah. On a technical yeah. level, it's yeah. really, really sure, good. Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, he's like, a good director. You know, Fincher knows what he's doing. Like I said, but, but that movie is a gorgeous movie. That movie is a dark-ass movie. Nobody ever turns on any freaking lights in that movie. Sure. Why and they? watching on a non-anamorphic old ass yeah, DVD makes it tough to see. <laughs> yeah, that's just like suddenly that's... in the Star Trek movies, the Next Generation movies, like they didn't pay their power bill. Yeah, it's so weird. They got very moody. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. get that A little spotlight in the back corner of yeah. everyone's quarters. Anyway, yeah, it's just that one. They like that one's so much better than Panic Room, though. You yeah, know, if you're gonna go with like his commercial, whatever. Sure, yeah. Well, Panic Room was I'm the just one making he, a technical movie to make it. Yeah, I mean that was like the one he came off of. Panic Room was the one he came off of a Fight Club with, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, it's like when you make these, <laughs> you know, epic level movies, you got to just like eh, do something. Yeah, but no, I mean it's 
it's all right. I, I still think it's a pretty good movie. It's just not. It was. It's interesting to hear the AV Club guys take on it that it was like, you know, he's bawling by the end of it, and it's like no, I, like I I could never get that attached to Michael Douglas to wait. He was bawling at the end of the game. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, and there's there, you, dude. I there are a few people in the shit, comments but. that had the same <laughs> reaction, but you know, it's kind of like I I don't see how. Anyone okay. can can get affected like that. I, do, I can that respect anyone who gets that close to a character because that shit happens to me all the time. So yeah. So is it contact time to get into contact with us? You may send us an email to bmf at bmfcast.com or check us out on the web on the World Wide Web at www.bmfcast.com. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash bmfcast, uh, where you should like us and share our posts with all your friends, because it's the cool thing to do. Also, check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash bmfcast, and you can send us tweets and all that crap. You know how to do it if you're on there. Also, check us out on iTunes, uh, search for Bad Movie Fiends Podcast, and you can subscribe, rate, and review, and we would like you to do all three and do them hard. Another way to check us out is through the use of Stitcher, an app for all of your relevant mobile devices that will stream our gloriousness directly to your ear holes through the magic of the internet and telephones. Finally, (laughs) the most important thing that you can ever do in your life, like none of you did this week, is give us a call on the Banffcast hotline, the Garfield phone, at 910-5-JOCKS-BMF or 910-556-9263. Do that, and we'll feature you on the show. In the second half. Great. Awesome. True. We look forward to hearing from you. Communicate with us. We like it. Mm-hmm. We do. We like that, and we love you. Platonically. Yeah, yeah, in that, you know, normal right. sort of way. Right. Let's get out of here, shall we? All right. I okay. Think I'm Harlow. I'm Maggie. I'm The Beach. And I'm Chuck. And this is Bamcast out. Out. <laughs>